You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is Colin with... Hey, everyone. It's Elliot. And this is episode 29 of Age Grouper for Life here. And we're going to do another recap. Uh, we had a lot of people actually racing. Elliot did a little racing. And uh, more importantly, his wife raced. Um, so, you know, we'll make sure we talk about the important stuff. But, uh, yeah, a whole lot of just race talk here, I think, today. So, so you did a race, right, Elliot? Yep, for the fifth time in Whistler, but fifth sadly, and last time. <laughs> yeah, sadly, yeah. it's going away. Most likely the last time. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think so we'll still have it, the. What'd you do it? Five of six years. I think. So. Yeah, or five out of the yeah. seven years. Yeah. Wow. And Very I, cool. the one year I missed, it was like that cold year where a lot of people DNF. So I'm kind of glad. Like I. You missed that I one. Swear, yeah. like every single year I've done it, the weather's been. I mean, it's been hotter, but I'd rather I'd take the sunny skies versus the cold temperatures. Yeah. Um, I'll take the opposite, but uh, yeah, I hear you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. So let's let's dive in here. So um, speaking of diving in the water, um, you, you did pretty well in the swim, huh? Yeah, and I've, I heard that I've inspired you to go back to Masters and really work on your swim, too. So that's a good thing, uh, I guess. That hasn't happened yet, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that does sound good. <laughs> but what did you swim, dude? Yeah, 50, well, on my watch, it said 56.52 or something. So under yeah. 57 was, like, my official, like, when I got out of the water, I hit lap. So wow. that was by far like two minutes faster than, or over two minutes faster than my best. You ever swam? Yeah. yeah. So. That's not, that's not sub an hour. That's just like a whole different level. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm hoping uh, to go. What did, uh, what did the swims, uh, the pros swim? Um. So the females went. I think the best swim of the day was a 51. I would say. 51. Hold on. I have the. Wow. I have this. The results up right here. But, yeah, it wasn't too far off. I mean, it was by far the highest-ranked swim, like, overall. I think I was 20, 22nd out of the water. 22nd out of the water. Yeah. Wow. That is so awesome. Um, so you lined up right at the beginning, I hope, I assume? Yeah. So it's a time trial start. They start every, like, five seconds. Like, five athletes start every five seconds. So I was kind of uh, – I was probably the third or fourth row because it's crazy they they have a sign that says sub 50 minute swimmers and there's like it always amazes me how many people line up in that <laughs> and i'm like i totally don't so even belong not even, here not even any of the pros swam <laughs> sub 50 but there was a ton of age groupers that plan to do it huh yeah <laughs> uh, for the record i would have done the same thing but uh, <laughs> maybe not there i would have definitely gone in the sub hour group but uh uh but that's interesting so um, not was there much congestion at the beginning with the way they laid it out? Um, not really. So I don't know the way I've been. I've been starting out these swims, even if they're time trial starts, and it, it isn't like you're not dealing with the masses of people anymore. But right. what I found that really helped is just swimming as hard as I can to like the first buoy. So I mean, I wouldn't recommend that for I don't know a person just starting out, but. I kind of practice that in training, like just starting out really hard. So getting a proper warm up in before the race even starts, and just like. So did they? Sorry, on that. That's a good point. Uh, did they let you warm up? They did. Yeah, they did for a little bit. 
right before the pro start. So you warmed up, and then you had to wait for another fifteen to twenty minutes for the age groupers to start. So, yeah. Well, it's a it's a good important point there. I think that sometimes you know they don't even let the age groupers warm up, which is pretty frustrating. You know, especially not to get too far off on a negative tangent here, but we got a reasonable amount of deaths happening in triathlon, especially this year. It seems like, and you know, the fact that they're not letting people warm up, I think, is is definitely a, a piece of it. And yeah. uh, so it's good good to hear that the, they're letting you warm up and that you took advantage too, of it. It's tough because it's I mean the first thing in the morning the water temperature was not I mean you get in and you're like oh it's kind of it's not comfortable at first. So uh, I mean that's what I would recommend to everyone like don't cut don't I mean show up to transition as soon as transition opens up in the morning. Set your bike up, get your wetsuit on have plenty of time to just do your warm-up routine i mean i feel i feel like a lot of people just rush through it and then the race is starting and they're 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 kind of all in a tizzy and yeah they're just kind of all over the place whereas i've kind of learned like okay just show be one of the first athletes that show up i'll have plenty of time i could take my time to get my bike ready and just look everything over have plenty of time to get my wetsuit on and i mean i took advantage of like the full warm-up time that they allowed which is like mm-hmm. 10 minutes so so you did swim for probably 10 minutes or so before? yeah 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 and did you do anything in particular in that just swim um, easy or did just, you do any like pickups or yeah so probably swam out like kind of close to maybe the first buoy or close to the first buoy and then kind of did a few like pickups like 10 second pickups just to get my heart rate going because it is it is hard i mean these races start so early it's six o'clock in the morning and you're just like and that race in particular yeah what time did the gun go off in that six o'clock six o'clock for the pros right yeah yeah or 550 for the close for the pros 550 yeah and the age groupers start at six yeah wow that is early so yeah so it was i mean i I think that's in many ways i kind of like the time trial start but I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it a little later when you get to like the run and you really just don't know where exactly you're at. And like you've yeah. passed people, but you don't know if you've actually like legitimately passed them like virtually. Totally. So, yeah, no, definitely a drawback there. But hey, what else? Did you do anything else for your warm up? Um, so I took the cords with me because I always, I sometimes warm up with cords before like masters, but I, I didn't have time to do that. And I just, I mean, I didn't have anyone spectating and I didn't I drop off dropped off my morning clothes bag early so I'm just like I'm just gonna swim in the water for 10 minutes beforehand and I mean after if you swim 10 minutes you're pretty much warmed up I feel like yeah sure yeah yeah I mean I think that that's really important and something I mean I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have and I preach it pretty often but you know you're you think you're going quote unquote easy at the start but there's just nobody really doing that because you know you got the adrenaline going you know so even if you're not you know you're you're racing more for completion you know you're probably going out harder than you should at the beginning and you know um need to at least potentially practice that in training but you need to to get loose in one way i think is the most important thing even if it's not be if you can't swim you know going for a light jog doing some you know dynamic warm-ups and other things i think is is really important to do uh, to at least give yourself a shot at being slightly awake when you're actually when the gun goes off so you're a believer in warming up so like i i guess it's i always warm up for olympics and sprints and i mean even half ironmans but I feel like a lot of people kind of neglect the Ironman because, like yeah. you said, they're like, oh, it's just a long day and you just don't want to waste any unnecessary energy, energy yeah, sure. beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not a huge fan personally. I like I don't like to run um, too much. I've definitely done it before to warm up. Um, I feel like that kind of – I mean, it's not – too taxing but you know a little more than i'd prefer and i think like you know getting a good swim in is perfect if they allow it you know yeah um just like you were saying um so you know that's uh that's good and especially though i mean it's absolutely essential if you're gonna go with a strategy like yours and you're gonna nearly sprint to the first buoy yeah um you know you can't just go from zero to 100 and then expect to have a you know a good performance for the next nine to 16 hours you know yeah and i mean like i said i would not recommend that strategy for people that are i mean 
this was my 13th one. So, like, I mean, I've kind of learned throughout the years and what's worked for me, what I could have worked on. I mean, you just learn so many things every single race. Even this race, you, I just learned so much. So, I mean, you never stop learning, and it's just something, a strategy that's worked for me that I've practiced a lot in training. Yeah, cool. So, all right, so you sprint out to the first buoy, and then did you end up finding some feet to catch on? Yeah, like, so it's group, very, what, what happened there? it's very ironic. So I had no idea who I was even swimming with, and I just remember the same wetsuit and the same, like, it's a, it was the same woman that I swam with in Coeur d'Alene, and I swam with her, like, the entire swim in Coeur d'Alene, and I just knew, like, she's just a touch faster than me, and I she's like the perfect pace for me and i just stuck to her feet the entire time nice <laughs> that is cool wow and so did you like did you talk to her at all or no um beforehand i'm like i think i saw you in Coeur d'Alene because she lined up i think she lined up like right in front of me so she was okay. like five seconds ahead of me yeah out of the water but she's like oh yeah i remember you so i mean i wasn't really expecting to swim with her and yeah you kind of just do your own thing i i mean i kind of did my own thing for like the first five minutes and then it kind of like strings out and there's really no one around me and i just kind of saw her to the side and just kind of hopped on and rode her feet the entire way yeah cool and so like and effort wise you felt like it was just a good like comfortably strong pace or do you yeah. feel like you're pushing that's that's exactly why I like Iron Man. It's like you're not ever really at threshold. Um, other than the start, I mean, I really settled down, and I just, I mean, you, you swim hard, but you're not really, I'm not really going that hard. I mean, yeah. the kicking was kind of like a two-beat, and just making sure I was just riding her in her slipstream, and, I mean, she was doing, I think, a lot more work than I was. Yeah, but cool. it's amazing like when you try to pull off to the side and you try to pass her it's like it was pretty hard so I'm like eh, I'll just stay here <laughs> well that's that's the thing right and I think for people that are experimenting with with drafting especially in the swim is like that's the best way to do it it's like you know sometimes you know yes you're you're, you're getting an advantage from, from the person in front of you in that draft but maybe you're slowing down too much and you could be swimming faster if you were going and doing your thing but that's exactly what you can do is just pop off to the side try and pass that person if you have to you know work really hard or you know you try and move up and you're not moving then drop back in right i mean assuming that person's swimming straight and you feel comfortable what they're doing um you know i think that's the best test that can easily be done without throwing your rhythm off too much uh, or that swimmer for that matter um but then you know allowing you to, to get a good feel for it yeah i mean and that's probably my main advice for people it's like okay you guys know how to draft on the bike and you, you get i mean drafting on the bike is just a known <laughs> thing like you know how to do that and it's significantly easier but I feel like a lot of people just don't practice just staying on feet. So, like, one of the drills that we do at our lake is we have, like, a kayak, and we kind of go zigzag. Like, Becca will be in it, and she kind of just zigzags around, and I just I have to sight, and I have to just stay on the kayak because um, just to f- stay on a draft. But yeah, it's just something that, I mean, when I'm swimming alone, it's I'm not even near the speeds that I'm swimming at a race. So it's just... I think a lot of people just need to work on finding the right draft and learning how to stay on feet. I mean, and it takes your, a lot of practice. What's your your advice on staying on feet? Like, you know, yeah, are, are, do you like occasionally? Are you close enough where you do touch their feet occasionally, or wh- yeah, and I try not to. Like, I mean, you yeah. could feel. I mean, I could feel it like bubbles on my hand, and I try right. my best not to. I mean, I think the best way to do it is to go off to the side and swim on their hip, but you, then you kind of have to match like their their cadence. Right. So, yeah, you, I mean, it's like, just a lot normally, of feel. I mean, you, you s- could feel if you're in bubbles, and you could just feel the the slipstream if you're right behind someone. And as soon as you sure. lose it, the water is just kind of like still again. So you kind of you have that feeling, and then yeah, I mean, just learning how to sight periodically and not sighting too much to kind of because i feel like a lot of people sight way too much where you kind of just waste a lot of unnecessary energy doing that 
totally. Yeah. So real quick, back in the drafting though. So like, are you totally submerged where you know you're in the bubbles the entire? Like your head is constantly in bubbles the entire swim, or like you feel like you're a little bit behind that? Yeah, I would say I'm right on their feet, like yeah. literally inches away from touching. But I just yeah. I hate when people touch my feet. So I mean, I'm pretty pretty, and that's that's another thing you have to practice too. Is like. A lot of people just don't like when they're you're right on their ass. So like, you try your best not to touch your feet and try not right. to be like annoying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These people are really helping you out. At least you can do them that favor right. and not annoy them. I right? mean, and yeah. it's not like back. It's not like biking too, where like I'll take a lead because like she was obviously faster than me. So like if I tried yeah. to overtake her, there just there would have been no chance. She would have just. Actually, I tried sure. once and we just swam like side by side for a little bit and i was working significantly harder so i'm like okay i'm just gonna drop back again yeah yeah all right well recon mission for me and Tremblot. really get some feet to follow yeah we'll see here i think that's Um, the key i mean even in if you go to masters i mean go in the fastest lane and just tell the tell your lane partner being like can i just leave like right after you and just practice on your feet yeah because that's kind of what i do at masters i mean there's people faster than me and i just i tell them like you're way faster than me can i just be right behind you i mean it's protocol to leave what five to ten seconds after someone but right i feel like a lot of people just need to practice that and get the feeling of drafting off someone else because i mean it's legal in triathlon so take advantage of it yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and it is something you know you definitely need to practice and uh I have been actually swimming with one of uh, with Steve Varga. We've had him on the show here uh, before. Who's uh, um, also uh, or he raced from uh, excuse me Placid uh, the same day you race in Canada um, and is doing Kona and uh, we're pretty similar speed, so we take turns leading and uh, it is good practice for sure. Because so, I mean, you'll you know, notice try- in the pool like you're significantly faster if someone oh, is yeah. in front of you and you get even. I mean, even if you leave five seconds after them, like you're significantly faster due to the person in front of you yeah uh yeah uh, qu- quick tangent people hopefully get a kick out of this so steve and i were swimming and we were actually doing these things called deck ups that people that swim with us are probably familiar with but uh we were in the lane just to the right of the floaters and um we got stopped and um the lifeguard told us that the floaters were getting mad that we were splashing them and they were getting wet <laughs> And so they literally moved us to the another lane, and uh, so we got complaints that people were getting wet in the pool. Oh my gosh! So, oh my god, I couldn't believe how frustrated I was. I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" Well, speaking of those, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to these people, but so the sec the, the swim course was two laps, and on the second lap, you're already passing like Ironman people on like on their backs and breaststroking, so that made it. The second loop was a lot harder to kind of stay with my person and yeah that's a good point it was just i don't know I, it's just not a good mix to combine 70.3 and iron man events together it's just it's yeah. too dangerous just too many different levels of abilities out there i mean i feel especially bad for the pros because they have to just weave in and out of these totally. people all day long yeah. Yeah. Are they bringing the, do you think they're doing the half um, as well when they move back to Penticton? I think so. Or, no, not Penticton, but I think they're keeping the half at Whistler. I, I just think oh, okay. they, they included the half because they couldn't get the numbers at Whistler. So you try to throw as many races in there as right. possible to get the numbers up. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. All right. But, yeah, nice. Penticton's so, already sold out. So, I mean, I, is it I, really? I didn't even sign oh, wow, up for it. That. Yeah. Are you doing it? I want to. I think I'm. I think I'm doing St. George next year. Oh really? All right. All right. Cool. Topic for another day. Here we yeah. got a little work to do before then. <laughs> but uh, all right. Um, so yeah. So the fastest swim was a forty-nine. Forty-nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But still, uh, that's awesome, man. So and then and then Canada's a double or two transition race. So you head out on the bike there. Um, what'd you think of this year's bike course? Uh, it was a lot less congested as, than last year, um, but I don't know, just as hilly. I mean, about 7,500 feet of climbing. 
you had to climb up Callahan twice. And then, I don't know if you remember that course, when you descend Callahan, we usually took a left back into Whistler. And this year, you went right, so further down that highway, and then climbed back up that hill into Whistler. And you had to do it twice. So it was just a lot of climbing. A lot of a lot more sustained climbing, which I kind of prefer over the roller, rollers. Yeah, okay. Yes, I definitely remember that um, for sure and remember that course. So, um, all right. But uh, how did things go on the bike? So, yeah, I mean, I would like to bike faster. But then again, I mean, I do FTP tests throughout the year. I know, like, I mean, I have a pretty good understanding of, like, intensity factors and, like, what I can actually ride at to run well. I mean, they have books out there and there's been many studies of like how hard you could ride in order to run really well off the bike in an Ironman. And I, I told myself before the race, like, do not chase people. I mean, it's hard being one of like the first ones out of the water now. I mean, I just had it in my head that I was going to be passed and I could not chase because I've done it in the past. I mean, even when I raced you in Ironman Arizona, like, I chased you. Like, I tried to stay with you, and I really, like, was way outside of my limits. And I kind of just told myself at this race, like, do not just bike within yourself. Limit the surging. Limit the amount of power spikes and just kind of do my own thing. And don't get caught up in people passing me and... I mean, it's hard. It's hard doing that because there were a lot of people passing me. I mean, yeah. I lost eight spots in my age group. So, all right. So, or what place were you in out of the water? Third. So third, third and That's I was. Cool. So I think the leader was like thirty-three seconds ahead of me. So I mean, I was pretty much in front of my age group out of the water. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then you were uh, in what place coming off the bike? Coming up the bike, I was seventh in my age group, so lost Seven. four Five spots. spots. Or she was four spots. Sorry, yeah. uh, that's good math by me. Um, <laughs> so, but how about like? So, did you just focus on your power? Did you hit your power numbers? For like, sure. What, what I mean, I yeah. had a power target, and I mean, I had all the numbers in my head. I mean, I didn't use bike best bike split, but okay. I mean, I kind of. I mean, I kind of took your advice. I'm like, you cannot, you have to follow your game plan, and you can't, I mean, especially, like, as an amateur, you're not really racing the bike at all. I mean, yeah, you, if you find, like, a good group to ride with, you can kind of pace with them, but on this kind of course... So were, you, were you able to do that at all, or um, not? Kind of towards the end, there were, like, some female pros that I, we were kind of, like, going back and forth with. That was, okay. but, I don't know. It's just, some of these guys are just they ride so much harder than me and i just i just know i'm not that as strong as them so i mean they're just yeah they're better than me yeah well um i'm assuming only one of them uh crossed the line before you huh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but it's a very hard mindset to kind of get your head around because everyone's like yeah i'm just yeah i mean i give everyone like a power target to follow and i kind of wanted to send ex an example like I mean, you've done yeah. it in the past, and you've told me, like, don't bike like a jackass on the bike. Like, it's not a bike race, and yeah. just know you got you got to follow you're your capable plan. Of what yeah. your goals are, right. And especially and then, on a hilly course. I mean, it's so right. easy to kind of power up the hills and just, like, burn all your matches up those and just get off the bike and just feel horrible on the run. All right. What, do you know what your power variability was? Um, let's see. I have my training peaks up. So my VI was one point zero two, and my intensity factor one point zero two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. And my intensity factor was point seven eight. Point seven eight. All right. So that's not really a a light ride. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like I could have. And I mean, I I. Looking back, I th I definitely could have rode harder, but I don't know. I just I remember the feeling I had when I had a really good run in Canada. Oof, that was a long time ago, five years ago, when you did it. Yeah. And yeah. I just remember how just 
I felt like I was floating on air, and, like, the first 18 miles went by pretty easily. And floating on air because you weren't giving high fives, but, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that was yeah. at mile 22, actually. <laughs> I wasn't floating on air but then. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so, got it. But, yeah, I mean, to have a, a 1.02... BI or variability index there, um, power variability, whichever term you want to use there, uh, is extremely impressive on, uh, you know, such a hilly course. So clearly you were really in control and keeping things consistent. That's, Seriously, that's really like, impressive. never really stopped pedaling yet. Never really like press on the gas too much and hammer up the hills. I yeah. mean, I looking back, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of my run, but I'm really proud of myself for just staying within myself on the bike and just biking smart so i mean i think it's my gonna be my philosophy going forward i mean i definitely want to get stronger on the bike because these guys are putting in like massive amounts of times on me but (laughs) but at the same time it's not a bike race it's whoever crosses that finish line after the marathon so that's exactly right yeah i you know i rarely even get flustered in the slightest if somebody passes me on the bike it's just like all right go get them you know and uh um you know so i think that that's a a definitely a great takeaway and um so well i'll I'll continue this on here so you you got in transition too and for those that don't know elliot or haven't listened to his podcast from last year you did have your shoes and things there yes <laughs> I knew it was so going to be a good day good. once I found that. <laughs> yeah. So for those that don't recall, Elliot came into T2 at this race last year, and all his T2 his run to, or bike, excuse me, to run bag was just gone, and uh, spent what 12 minutes trying to find it or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It was just like a huge, just like <clears throat> mental blow. Probably too. felt like an hour. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's nice. So, um, you felt good coming off the bike? Really good. So, I mean, I just felt like exactly how I felt in 2014, if not better. Like, I just, I mean, especially on the bike, I, I just really paid attention to nutrition, too. So, I just, I wanted to start the run just 100, or feeling 100%. I mean, you're definitely tired, but feeling really good off the bike so i mean just starting that run i just knew i was gonna have a really good run nice okay cool but Uh, looking back i mean the time gaps were pretty massive i mean top three they were all 20 plus minutes ahead of me so i mean i had a lot of work to do and i mean i really didn't know this so I mean, I had a, I, an idea because there were there were out and backs on the bike course, and I saw how far people were ahead of me. And I don't know. I just I knew if I felt good, I could make up significant yeah. time deficits. I mean, 20 minutes. I mean, if any of those runners, any of those guys were legit runners, there's just no way. But I mean, we're amateurs. But they overbiked. And, yeah. Or they don't. Yeah, you know, they're exactly. So I mean, that's ballpark what minute and 10 and 15 somewhere in there per mile that you'd have to make up yeah um but uh but you did it so did you how was your pace coming out on the run so that's another thing so i looked back before the before this race i looked back read over my 2014 report and i just remember starting off like way too hard in 2014 like just being an idiot and just trying to make up all the time like all at once but i really held back and actually my first mile was a 719 so that wasn't even my overall pace for my entire marathon so I really held back and just kind of like got in the flow I mean at first like your legs are just kind of like getting back to you and yeah just trying to get underneath you yeah so I mean did not really take the first 5k that hard and just kind of like settled in and just and there are there are a couple hills though in the in the first uh, oh, little yeah. bit and you're running through the woods right yeah yeah I made the mistake I guess there are a couple of my clients feedback afterwards is that the run course was actually a little bit hillier than they expected um, I mean in there particular, was, that that first part yeah you know, my Garmin said there was 1100 feet total so I mean it's not a flat run course 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, I think the first part was a little uphill. Yeah. So I mean, I kind of just know like, I mean, your first mile of your run's not going to make or break your marathon time. So I think the key is just. I mean, I had a banana with me. I mean, I was. I was eating and just just kind of getting everything together. I mean, I I ran out of transition with like a plastic bag with all my stuff on so like I was putting stuff on slowly throughout the first mile too so that's another thing I did <laughs> interesting so you brought a plastic bag with you and then what you just emptied it out and you yeah just dropped just it? at the next aid station just toss it but I mean I had my sunglasses my bib and my nutrition and I just as I was running I just slowly like put the nutrition in my pockets and put on my race belt like as I was running just to save a little bit of time very cool nice all right and uh so what did you see becca right when you got out on the run or no yep and she told me i was in seventh so i mean and she didn't tell me any time gap so i'm like ah that's that's pretty good because in the past i've been a lot worse and i've made up way more spots than that so i'm like ah, i'm in a good place but i really didn't realize how far back i was yeah well, I I still think that was uh, is a blessing actually that she didn't tell you that, because yeah. um, I think that that can do more damage than good and like even. No, and I I asked her afterward. Uncle and would help you. Yeah, you know, I, I asked. I asked her afterward, and she's like, "I knew not to tell you. You were thirty minutes back from the lead." So, I mean, that sounds been... like you married a keeper to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if Kristen told exactly. you, "Hey, Colin, you're thirty minutes down from the lead," you'd be like. You'd be pretty say, upset. All right, where, where are we going to eat? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, but no, I mean, um, it's just uh, I think that that is just not the the right you know mindset, and it's going to be way more intimidating than it should be. Um, they're ben- than benefiting you, so um, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, nice. All right. So. Um, and you just held things together like splits pretty consistent all day or yeah so i mean looking back it was it is rolling so like there were some really fast miles so like uh, i think mile seven i hit like a 622 but it was all like downhill 622 wow okay yeah (laughs) it was all downhill yeah so i mean a lot of it was just like kind of looking off heart rate and just kind of like knowing and trusting like all right even though a 622 may seem like it's significantly way faster than you really need to like i wasn't really running outside of my limit and it was like a downhill part of the course so i mean i kind of played played the the grades of like the terrain to my advantage and like on the uphills i mean i i kind of just really focused on just moving my feet as fast as i could and like not really worrying about pace just getting over the hill and kind of managing heart rate at the same time yeah that makes total sense um but it's kind of cool. cool to look at uh so in that tracking app you can kind of see like all the timing mats and how far back you were at every single at every single like split and i think the between mile what was it mile 14 and mile 18 is when i made like the biggest time gaps so we're like let's see like second place was 11 minutes back or yeah no i was 11 minutes back on second and i made up like five minutes in that in that stretch so in four miles yeah wow yeah that's that's pretty big right there yeah very cool um nice and then so you just held together though uh um no like i'm sure you're obviously or i know you were getting tired at the end but uh um you know you didn't have any blow up or like cramping gi issues anything like that yeah so i mean i really didn't get my first like really dark moment till i don't know i'd say mile 16 and that's kind of like when I kind of felt, all right, I'm getting tired now and it's time to like take in Coke. And that Coke actually like really helped. And something that actually 
I'm amazed with at this race is like I was able to take in nutrition like all day long. I mean, I kept eating bananas on the run and drinking Gatorade on aid stations and taking in Coke. And I mean, I never had any stomach issues at all, which was, I think, really key to how well I ran late in the race. Totally. Yeah. And just kind of keeping the calories in i mean i feel like a lot of people slow down because like they're completely out of calories and they can't stomach anything else and i mean i've had that issue so many times in racing and i mean i i really think it's just practicing exactly what you're going to eat in training and just going with what works for you yeah you're sticking to those timelines or whatnot and things like that like did you have a full strategy on that oh for sure i mean i in training. I hope that was a, a question you're going to answer that way, but it's <laughs> it's important for people to think about, for sure. I mean, definitely do not try anything new, but I mean, drinking Coke is something that you, I don't know, I never really do in training, but I just know it helps. So, I mean, it gives you yeah, that well, extra... I mean, and for advice for people that do get to that, I mean, it's if your sugar levels are getting low, you know, and you maybe are a little bit behind, it's definitely a great way to get kind of caught back up and can definitely give you some rejuvenation. Um, just one general recommendation there is kind of we'd like to say is once you go to the Coke, you can't go back, right? You got to kind of <laughs> stick with it for the most part the rest of the day because um, you can kind of be chasing that the, the rest of the day, which which can work out fine, but uh, it's, it's usually rare that somebody can just have, you know, one Coke, get their energy levels back and then go back to their normal, you know, training or uh, nutrition plan that they had. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, by like mile 20, I saw Becca again and she's like, you're in third and 20 seconds behind second. So I knew like, I knew second was kind of starting to fade. So, I mean, that kind of gave me the motivation, but I mean, I was feeling by then I was feeling pretty horrible. And I remember taking like a whole liter of Coke at an aid station and just dumping it over my head because I just, I was getting pretty hot and I was just, I needed. You dumped the whole thing of Coke over your head? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. All right. So you ended up a little sticky or what? Yeah. My shoes were pretty sticky at the end, but. Oh, that's right. Speaking of shoes. I I can't give that away, Colin. No, we're going to hold off on that? Okay. That's fine. We haven't (laughs) talked about it on any of the shows. I knew we were going to talk about it for my race, too. We never talked about it. I saw a lot of people wearing them, so, I mean, it's not a secret anymore, but. No, yeah, I can't wait to see the Kona count this year. (laughs) But. uh, Are you going to get a pair? uh, I've already got them. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, okay, so yeah, I ran in those, uh, those new Nike Vaporfly Next Percent, and yeah. it was Colin's recommendation, I don't know, it was before my race season even started, he's like, you gotta get the Vaporfly 4%, those were like the big, I mean, that's what all the elite marathoners are wearing, and it's, yeah, I didn't really believe him, but... I tried it out on a training run, and I'm like, oh, my God, these are just, like, it's hard to describe the feeling they give you. It's like they're, like, very bouncy and they are bouncy, cushiony. Like, and reasonable cushing, yeah. cushioning, and uh, I actually wore mine for the first time uh, yesterday in a training run, just kind of getting ready for the race. And uh, um, I do, actually, I have switched over. I do almost all my long runs in, like, their, um, I think, believe they call them the Zoom Flies, yeah, that's which what I is run their... In the the lower end not as expensive ones uh they're still you know 100 150 bucks um actually running runner warehouse right now uh running warehouse has a sale going on i think and you can get them i think i got a couple pairs for uh under 100 bucks but um it's what i what i reason i do that is to kind of get the feel and get your body used to to that planning and they have very similar geometry and so forth they just don't have the carbon plate that gives you that little spring but actually colin i think they do have the carbon plate in them the zoom flies oh they do too yeah yeah so what's the big difference then you know it's the foam that you know so it's the foam that that makes makes sense okay Yeah. yeah all right um so 
thank you for the correction there. Um, but there's definitely a difference. I mean, so I do run a decent amount in the, the kind of the lower end ones there. And I got the, the uh, vapor flies on for the first time yesterday and immediately noticed the difference. I was just like, wow. Yeah, you can feel that nice bounce. Well, and good job, Colin. You gave away the secret. Now everyone's going to be faster than us <laughs> now. Well, the other fascinating thing that uh, read an article recently that surprised me a little bit is they actually say that, you know, the, and, you know, some people be like, and actually I've had clients I've recommended to, and they're like, um, I'm not fast enough to be able to wear those shoes. And um, there's actually quite a bit of research out there. And, and what they, they do, and I think what the reason they're, they're so effective is that they kind of force you into good form. Yeah. And you can't really, you know, especially as you tire, they don't let your form deteriorate as much as other shoes can because uh, they're just not as forgiving in the heels and so forth. And um, so you could argue that they're actually even more beneficial for less uh, economic and um, efficient runners. Yeah. So do you yeah. feel like they're kind of, they're kind of weird when you're just kind of going for like a slow jog, like it kind of forces you to like, I don't know, not pick up the pace and like run hard, but like they feel a lot better yeah. when you're just like cruising and yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, you can just focus on the turnover and, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. So, plug for the big boys, Nike. Never used to run in Nikes, but uh, they're where it's at these days. I you know, swear you can... I would never run in Nikes, and I thought those shoes would never fit me very well, but yeah. I don't know. You and turned me into a believer, so. Yeah, and if you don't, there's <laughs> also, I'm sure they're all going to come out with them soon here, but uh, Hoka also has a carbon plated shoe now. I haven't tried those yet. Um, but, and New uh, Balance has one too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They did come out with. Theirs. I think yeah. it's. I think that's a new thing that's going to be coming out now. That carbon fiber oh, plate. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm interested uh, to see if they end up. I, I don't see how they could ban them, but I, I kind of put them in the same category as for those people that are more familiar with swimming when they started letting the swimmers swim in the. I don't even know actually what I should call those there, but the swimsuits, the, um, you know, not wetsuits, but uh, they were definitely giving the swimmers a significant advantage and improving their, their buoyancy and, and body position. And uh, I feel like these are doing the same thing, but I don't know how they're going to be able to regulate or ban them. <laughs> Cause, I mean, and it's um, not going to make a slower runner. I mean, it will help them, but it's not going to be like a night and day thing. It still yeah. takes a lot of run training and... Of course, yeah. I think it just makes, like, a really good runner even better, so... Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's no coincidence that the top guys are all using them. And, but, yeah, uh, I mean, I looked at all the people I was passing, and, I mean, I look at their shoes, and a lot of them are wearing those shoes, so... I mean, yeah. it's... The secret is... I mean, it's not any secret. Yeah. I mean, if you're and, in the sport, you know those shoes exist. talking about them here. They're, I mean, they're uh, 250 or 275, um, so... You know, they're more expensive, but especially for triathletes with how much you spent on your bike, if you got a problem spending, you know, 250 on shoes, then eh, um, I don't know. That didn't didn't scare me. I guess I'll put it that way. It's like Nothing well, scares you, though, Colin. You buy everything. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. But, you know, I just think in in relation to other spends and so forth for triathlon, it's, it's pretty reasonable um, for the benefit, you know, you're going to get out of them for most people. So, um, so yeah, Nike sent me my check for my commissions and uh, our, our plugs here on on the cast here, but uh, they're in um, pretty high demand. I mean, in the uh, on the Nike website, like the four percents are all they've been sold out for a while, and they yeah, that kind of like you can kind of see when they stock them up again, but people are like right. buying them like crazy. So oh yeah, yeah, no doubt that's true. Cool. So. You finished the race in 939 or 935.59, huh? Yeah. So what was your time in 2014? I have no idea. Um, what was my time in 2014? I got the results up here. Please be you. Please be you. Please be you. 9.28, sucker. Damn it. <laughs> you had an amazing day. That is amazing. It's all on the bike. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I had 5.19 on the bike. Yeah. Yeah. 3.04 on the run. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, sorry. So you ran 3.06, yeah. right? Is that a uh, is that a best? Yeah, that is best. Awesome. 
Awesome. And then you finished second in your age group. Yep. I believe it was the second fastest run of the day. So there was no, there was only a women's pro field. There was no right. male pro field there. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, yeah. Um, how many slots there end up being for Kona in your age group? Three. So that three? Reed Foster guy, he didn't take his. No second. Did he already have one? Or? Yeah, I think he already had his. Okay. So you took yours. You're yep. heading back to the island. Yeah, I mean, Becca's like, Colin's telling me that you need to go. So I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, come on. Like there was any serious contemplation. Oh, man. You, no, it's really hard, the, the thing they pull on you. So, like, I ended up in medical after the after the race. Like, it was probably the worst one yet. Where, like, I don't even really remember, like, much, like, the last couple miles of that race and yeah, i don't know if if, uh, if if becca told you how she sent me a picture of you um just kind of laying her on the ground after it's a oh, very it nice horrible. picture of you i mean the the walk back from um <laughs> the medical tent to our condo or to the place we were staying <sighs> probably a half mile away and it took like half an hour i mean it yeah. was just like yeah, I don't a know painful experience or, uh, maybe it's the the vapor flies the way they make you run if they beat you up more but like um no i'm serious in in um santa rosa there i've never been more sore and like i was just laying there and like even lucas <laughs> was like helping me around and uh i was actually but he ran in them so that doesn't hold true um but uh i think we're just getting yeah. too old for this Colin. yeah that could be it yeah. that could be it i'm not listening to that but um <laughs> yeah um, I hear you, buddy. But uh, no, but it's hard. So they make you sign up for for Hawaii the next day, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like just thinking about doing another one is just not really on your mind at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you signed up. Yeah. Very, very excited you're coming. Yeah. Um, or did you get an IV or anything? They don't. They said they're kind of staying away from those now. Yeah, I I was begging for one in in Santa Rosa and they wouldn't give me one. Yeah, um, I don't so. really think they give unless like you're like legitimately almost dying. I don't think they yeah. give it to you anymore. That's too bad, but yeah, um, cool. So um, yeah, so also uh, Hans Larson, another uh, or one of my clients that uh, raced Ironman Lake Placid. Uh, he ended up uh, qualifying uh, on the same day Elliot did Canada here. So and he uh, had an he had an amazing run too. He did. So yeah, he he ran him down for sure. Um, actually, I don't have the placid results up here, but he ended up uh, running himself into fifth in his age group in the very competitive 45 to 49, and uh, um, he got his slot and is heading to the for the first time to Kona. So that brings our the peak, not to toot our own horn here, but our Kona count up to seven people, that um, is which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's like 10% or so of the people we work with. So um, to have that many people heading to the world stage with potentially another uh, one or two uh, having a crack in Tremblant uh, next week. So um, it's uh, it's pretty exciting times for sure and uh, super proud of everybody. Uh, including you, my friend. Uh, very, very well done, and uh, super pumped to be able to hang out with you on the island here. Thanks. Yeah, it's been, um, I don't know, over the, I mean, just being in the sport for so long, you just experience some really good races, some horrible races. I mean, same kind of goes for yourself, and it just kind of, these good race experiences just kind of make you, they're the reasons why you just keep coming back for more. I mean, it's just, I felt really good after this one, and I can't say that for a lot of the other ones that I've done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool. Nice. So, um, yeah, you've been taking it pretty easy uh, the last couple of weeks here? Yeah, yeah. I was a complete wreck um, the week after. My, my feet were, like, so swollen, too. It was just... I've experienced stuff like where I just have never experienced as far as like recovering. It was just my legs were super swollen and I just like couldn't really eat much and just felt really bad for much of last week. But I'm finally feeling better. 
Yeah, that's uh, understandable here. So that's good. Well, Got to work on my swim so I can be out of the water at least five minutes ahead of you so I can uh, at least be out on the highway before you catch me. Uh, 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 five <laughs> minutes, huh? Yeah. The way I've been swimming lately, I think uh, you're going to get like a 10-minute lead on me, but uh, <laughs> but we'll see here. Um, no, well, I you think got, I you got more practice in a couple, or actually a week and a, week and a half now. Actually, yeah. less than a week and a half. Yep. Week from Sunday, heading up to Mount Tremblant, or well, heading up, pretty pretty excited, whole family going up for that, so we're leaving on Tuesday, going to spend a whole week up there, uh, should be a lot of fun, beautiful, beautiful venue for people considering an Ironman um and uh yeah gonna gonna lay it on the line here ready to ready to get after it i think so do you have any goals you'd like to share um we'll see i'm still chasing uh chasing that nine hour mark <sighs> so if the the conditions are good uh um we'll see what happens I, the course actually or you know it's funny i went up there and did a training camp and uh the run course felt a little harder than it has in the past which was interesting so is it, um, it's a different but, run uh, course no, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, felt a little, uh, little hillier, and uh, um, it's a, it's just a good, honest course. Um, so, but if you know, it, it's uh, we'll see what the weather looks like and so forth. But if it's uh, cooler temps, I think it's it's within reason. Um, but uh, but we'll see. We'll nice. see. But I threw it out there. Well, good luck. I I still don't know how you do so many in one year. I'd be like. After Whistler, I was so just mentally just I need a break right now, and it's been kind of nice just not really doing much. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, I definitely stuck to that after Santa Rosa and took a little too much time, I think. And uh, it's been good. I haven't had to travel too much for work here, so I'm feeling uh, feeling pretty good about things. Um, so we shall see. But yeah, my my son Calvin, who's six now, he's done more triathlons than I have this year now. Since I've only I've only done Santa Rosa and he's done a couple tries, so um, I got to even the playing score here, playing field. <laughs> uh, nice. All right, man. Well, uh, congrats again. Hopefully, people get some good takeaways about that. Uh, thinking about their strategies when it comes to Ironman, and really most most distances, that strategy I think applies. And uh, look what happens when you execute. Yeah. Stick to it. Right. So. I'll say it again. Swim and bike for show. We run for dough. Yep. So um, actually, yeah, I swim. Was... I swim for dough and run for dough. And just... <laughs> swim and run for dough huh? and bike for show. Huh? Um, well, I still stick it. I mean, it obviously didn't didn't go too hard where it uh, affected and, and slowed you down in the yeah. other one. So um, I think you did it right, my man. Yeah. Well, good luck nice. to you at Tremblant as well. That's going to be... Thank you very much. I'm looking much. forward to tracking you. Sounds good. Appreciate it. So, All right, everybody. Well, we'll definitely uh, be back on soon here, probably do a recap of that and talk about some other cool stuff. So happy training, happy racing, and we'll talk to you soon here. Thanks, guys. <laughs>